Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Well, praise be to God today. I promise you this, man. This word right now tonight is going to be life-changing. I want you to go with me to Isaiah 54, 7, and I promise you this scripture will change your life. Hopefully you've been meditating on it. I'm staying in God's not mad at you all month long. I think this thing's helping people. And in Isaiah 54, 7, look what it says right here. It says, for a brief moment, I forsook you. Man, I promise you this. Think about this, right? It says, for a brief moment, I forsook you, but with great compassion and mercy, I will gather you to me again. Now, think of this. Now, you got to get something here. We understand that God is speaking, speaking prophetically in the book of Isaiah, and we understand that he's showing the four. He forsook, he had to forsake Jesus. You know what I mean? So he had to kind of like almost like, you know, kind of just like give Jesus. God came in the form of Jesus and gave himself up so he can buy us back. Now, I want you to see this. I forsook you, but with great compassion and mercy, I will gather you to me again. He did that through Jesus. Now, this is what you got to see. In a little burst of my wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. Now, you got to remember, that's what he had to do with Jesus. Jesus on the cross, why have you forsaken me? I got to turn my back on you so I could get my kids back, and I never turned my back on them. He's taking sin, sin. And he didn't just take the sin that was. He took the sin that could be, the future of it. He took it all one shot, right on the chin. That's that scripture we read in Galatians where he said on the cross, he absorbed the, cross, the curse. He just took it into himself and destroyed it in that body. Powerful, powerful scripture, right? But with the age enduring love and kindness, I will have compassion and mercy on you, says the Lord, your redeemer. Did you see that? Compassion, we say compassion and mercy. That's what God's got for you. He redeemed us. Redemption, redemption basically means I paid the ransom to buy you back in the person of Jesus Christ, my son. That was the Colossian exchange. I, I'm going to give Jesus ransom. And, you know, I talked about this last week. We all watch these crazy shows, you know. They, they, you know, they, they, you know, you know, you watch TV. It's like, I want, we're, we took the president and we ransomed him for $6 million. And somebody's like, oh, we're going to get the money. That's what happened with us. Sin, the devil in sin took us hostage, but Jesus paid the ransom to free you forever. That's the truth. Now, look what he says. Now, he explains this. Now, he's really not talking about Noah and the flood here. He's talking about, just like I promised with Noah and the flood, I'm going to promise you something here. For like in the days of Noah to me, for this is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. He's saying, remember that covenant? I put that rainbow in the air. I left that rainbow to show you. There's a rainbow out sometimes around here. That's a covenant promise from God that he will never flood the earth again. See that? That's why it's symbolic. And I told somebody that the other day. That's why it's symbolic when, when, when people groups want to take the rainbow and, and flip it they're, 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 not, they're, not, they're demonically deciding that. Let me tell you that right here now. Yeah, they are. 
we could talk about that another time. But let me tell you, that rainbow was a covenant promise from God. It is. So you have to understand it. So I swore, that was, so have I sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. So he's saying, just as much as you know, I'm not going to flood the, I'm not going to be angry and I'm not going to rebuke you. So you're thinking, my God in heaven, what do you mean? For though the mountains should depart and the hills shall be shaken or removed, yet my love and my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Did you get that? Did you pull that in? He's saying, look, yet my love and my kindness will not depart. So he's like, wrath, rebuke, anger, gone. And I'm gonna show you in the word that he put it on Jesus. And when you see that he put it on Jesus, Man, if he put it on Jesus, he cannot put it on you because Jesus took it on him so you don't, you don't have to take it on us and that's life-changing. So I want you to look at and we looked at these scriptures, but I want you to see, so I want to talk today about 1 John just real quick. I think this is the best analogy I've ever given about 1 John 1 and 9, understanding the sin thing, okay? Now I want you to get this. You got a lot of teaching in the body of Christ some of it's a little skewed. It's a little messed up. I'm going to give you my, my, um, I, I don't even want to say, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm looking at this scripture and I want to rightly interpret it so you can get a perfect picture of how this thing really was seen in God's eyes. Because you got to understand something. In, in 1 John, he's, Jesus is always teaching to, you have to know the, the setting and the scenario and the background. He's talking to the agnostics, and he's basically explaining to them, look, you guys think you don't have sin. You have sin. Now, you got to realize he talks to the believer, and I don't want to start getting into all that, like, was some of the Bible just written to the Jew? Was some of the, no, the Bible written to the Greek? Was some of the Bible written? No, the Bible was written to everybody, and I don't want to make excuse with these terminology that most people don't even get. What do you mean agnostics? What are you trying to say? He was speaking to a people group who thought they were really not not, they thought they were a little bit, you know, I, I don't even want to get into it. Let's just say it like this. He wanted them to understand that we have sin. Okay? But now the New Testament church gets wacky, and you just think you're a sinner. So you, you got to lose that now. I am going to give you the proper understanding the way I see it. I think I'm exactly right. I'm not saying that arrogantly. But I want you to get this because I think this is the hindrance. Because if you keep a sin consciousness you're going to have problems walking with God. You really are. You got to lose a sin consciousness and you got to step into a righteous consciousness. Now, the righteous consciousness that we receive is not based on works. It's based on our position that Jesus gave us through the sacrifice of his life on the cross. So I'm not coming in here with the merit badge of success going, I deserve it because of who I am. I deserve it because of who I belong to. That's a different story. It's the same thing with this. So watch this. Let's just read this. Then I'll give it to you. Then I'll look at some stuff and we'll break it down. But I pro this is why I need you to share. If you didn't share it, share it right now. People need to hear this because they think I'm just full of sin. No, you're not. You have to understand this stuff. So let's just read. We're going to look at this First John 1, 6. I want to read it in the Passion because it reads a little bit easier, I think, and then we're going to look at something. For if we claim 
that we share life with Christ, but keep walking in the realm of darkness. We're fooling ourselves and not living the truth. That makes sense. If you're in the light and you're acting like you, you don't even know who God is, something's not right. Now, listen, guys, carnality is a choice. Stop, stop. Now, this is going to make you mature. You're like, well, you know, Pastor, I got a problem. Well, you have a problem because you are the problem. Now, that's not mean. That's just truth. God has given you the power to overcome everything, addiction, uh, angers, anything you're going through, lustful, whatever it is that you know is messing you up right now, God has given you Holy Spirit power to overcome grace, to overcome, okay? So you can't make excuses about your poor choices. I know everybody wants to hear it. See, this is what happens with this. When you remove the sin, you take on the responsibility. See, that's what it is. That's what Jesus said. I didn't just leave you here so you could struggle. I gave you my ability to overcome every struggle you may face. Now, if you take the sinner position, which people like, you're always defeated. Well, I'm always struggling. If you hear the purity of the truth, it makes you grow. So let's go here. So if we claim that we share life with him, but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and we're not living the truth. Now watch this. But if we keep living in the pure life, the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from all sin. I need you to see that. Did you get that? Now watch this. He says, our life union with Christ keeps the continual cleansing taking effect. Do you, are you getting that? So what that means is this, if you stay in love and you stay in light and you stay in the position of the believer, this what? The blood of Jesus has continual cleansing all the time, okay? Now we know that's our position in Christ, but our actions, our actions need to clarify we have understanding of that. If we boast that we have no sin, we're fooling ourselves on our strangers to the truth. Now watch this, right? Now watch this. He says in the ninth verse, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? You got that? So watch this. So that what? So if we do something wrong and confess it to the Father, he's dependable and can be trusted to forgive you and cleanse you, not only from that sin, but from all unrighteousness isn't that a great? Now, this is what I want you to see now, okay? Now, if we freely admit our sins, right? When the light, see it, uncovers, then what? Well, he'll, we'll be faithful. He'll be faithful to forgive every time. Good. God is just, see it, and forgiving of our sins. Because why? Because of Christ. And he's what? He will continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now watch this. Now here's where I want you to get. Now everybody perk up your ears and pay attention. Look, come on, get this. Now this is how I do it. And this is why I keep a clear conscience. Now, this is not my interpretation. I, I'm really serious about this. This is my understanding from what I just read. I confess, I, Pastor Chris, do you confess your sins? 
let me explain to you. I confess my sins knowing that all my sins are already forgiven. Now, you need to stay there. Well, why would you do that? I'm going to explain. I confess my sins knowing that my sins are already forgiven. I don't confess my sins to be forgiven. I live in God's constant forgiveness because of what Jesus did for me. So the only thing sin shows me is my lack of ability, not because I'm a sinner, but to follow at a higher standard of life. So if I get wayward with my mouth, I know I step down from the position that freedom from sin has given me. Do you see it? Now it's not as much as sin, sinner, no. Sin, sinner is done. Saint, righteous, redeemed, unreprovable, unrebrokable, perfect, entire, complete, wanting nothing. You would too, come on. But what happens is, is when I'm not on my game, I sometimes lower my communication to a level it shouldn't go to, my actions to a level where it shouldn't go to, and if I go, oh, wow, wake up, I shouldn't have been there, said that, done that, guess what I do? I don't go, I confess my sin knowing what? I've already been forgiven. I don't confess my sins to be forgiven. I'm already forever forgiven. Now it's not about a forgive thing. It's about a standard thing. Does that make sense? Every time I step down from the position he gave me, if I let my mouth go sideways, that's on me, man. That ain't on God. He gave me freedom of speech, but he wants me to speak life. Every time I act a little funny and I don't act the proper way, he's like, you don't have to be like that. I gave you the power to control your body. I gave you the power to control your mind. I gave you the power to speak the right words. I gave you the power to walk in love. I gave you my ability to live life. So watch this. This is really strong. God said what? So when I look at it, am I forgiven? Eternally forgiven because of what Jesus did. He took the wrath. He took the anger. He took the sin. So now it's all about spiritual maturity and action, not sin and sinner. Is that, is that like clicking? You're going, hey, wait a minute. I'm just, you know, I hear these people, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Get out of here. Leave that behind. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. That's what I want coming out of your mouth. And what happens is, what does it mean, righteousness of God in Christ? I'm standing in right standing with God. But every time I lower the standard, I come out of right standing with God, I'm still righteous, but in that position, I'm a little bit living less than where God wants me to be. And almost repentance is not a restoration to righteousness. Repentance is a restoration to consciousness. That I come to a place and go, why am I, why am I like a prodigal moment? Why am I living in a pig trough when I could be speaking like God? Why am I thinking crazy thoughts that are often left field and casting down when I could be thinking, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus? Why would I not live at the level, see it? But the church got stuck, man. It's like, Ooh, good and bad. There ain't nothing bad about you. You're only good. 
There ain't nothing, there's nothing evil about you. You're the righteousness of God. There's no darkness in you. You're walking in the light. I'm telling you, what happens is this. So many people feel like, well, God's mad at me. God took all the mad at you out on Jesus. That's the Bible. We're going to see it. Look at this. Let's read this. This is life changing. Go with me to Colossians 1.19. I'm going to read some stuff to you. And I mean, man, God is going to reveal this. you got to just believe these words. Hey, man, come on, man. You know what? You're not safe to believe what you want to believe. You don't even know enough of this stuff. I don't know enough about this stuff. We're learning every day. Just when you think you learn something about God, he moves and gets bigger, right? Just trust me. Trust me. And you know what's easier for you guys? You know what's funny? This is a really cool thought. I was thinking about this. If you're a member or a partner, I just had one of the partners, he called me up last, this is like a month ago, you know, whatever it was, and he called me up and he's like, hey, and, I, and, he, and he asked me something, and I said, I told him something. And he was like, he's like, okay. And I, I left, and two days later, he got a miracle, right? And I was hanging out yesterday, and the Lord said, the level that he elevates your voice in his life is the availability of miracles I could do in his. And I was like, wait a minute, man. And I really caught it. The Lord, I was like, what do you mean? And I felt like the Lord was like, look, the level that the people listen to what you're telling them, the level they measure, they go, okay, if you say it, I believe it, I'm all in. Because you know what? You know what's crazy? Your submission, this is so good, man. That's why I need to do that whole spiritual authority thing. You're in this house, okay? I'm the shepherd of the house, okay? Or you're, you're, a, you're a member of Relevant. You're a member of the thing. You're a partner. You're a global partner. You're part of our family. You're whatever. If I'm the shepherd of the house and I tell you something and you do it, God will bless it. So you're not even accountable for this as much as I am because I'm teaching it. All you got to do is say yes to it. You see it? So even if it's like, oh, you know, Pastor Christian's like, he's giving you too much grace. Take it. Stop thinking what you want to think about you. Do think what I tell you about you according to the word of God. So when I read this to you, go, hey, he said it. I'll figure the rest of it out. That's where the empowerment comes because you're getting revelation because I, I got this in me now. This is in me. This is like, I got fruit. I could just give you, take it. Just take it. Stop thinking what you want to think about you. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It's kind of like, just take it. So you might say, well, Pastor, that's too good. You know what I've been doing? I don't care what you've been doing. I know it's too good. It's the gospel. It's too good. Just take it. So now watch this. This is so good. Passion. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. That's deity. That's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the only place in the Bible, uh, probably there's maybe another place, but that's one of the places you find deity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is there. If you look that word up, dwelling in Christ, the fullness, it's deity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we understand this is the fullness of it. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Now watch this. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. Did you get that? So he's like, you were lost, man, but I came and got you. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. Did you see that? That's the ransom. I'm going to give my son Jesus for you in an exchange. 
and I get you, and he takes sin, and it's going to change a little bit of his relationship with me, but it's going to bring you back in a relationship with me, and I think it's fair. And you want know what's even wilder? God came in the body of Jesus and basically did it to himself. I'm, this is like you really sit here and think, well, what did he do? He did. God sacrificed his son, and in sacrificing his son, he sacrificed himself for you. Now you tell me that he didn't fix it, he finished it. Let me tell you, if sin was ever a problem, that cross took care of it. And watch this. And now there's nothing between you and God the Father, for he sees you holy, flawless, and restored. That's the only way God sees you. Did you get that? Did you get that? He sees you what? Holy, flawless, and restored. You need to let that, you need to just, you just need to meditate in that just for a minute. He sees you how? How does he see you? Holy, flawless, and restored? Well, why don't you see yourself like that? You know what I'm saying? Now, that's the thing that kind of pulls you in. You go, man, Pastor Chris, I don't know if I can go there. He sees you holy. He sees you flawless. He sees you restored. Now, that's 122. They're they're pancaked in there in the message. You know what I'm saying? Look what 23 says. If you need, my God in heaven, if if indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation, foundation to grow upon, Never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. Did you pull that in? Did you grab a hold of that and go, God sees me holy, and now there is nothing between you and the Father. Nothing in between you and the Father. He has no other image but holy, flawless, and restored for you. Now, here's the problem. When I step down from that, that's my fault, not his. He doesn't see me different, but I know here, I got consciousness of this, so I go, what am I doing here? And I lift myself up. God is not out here trying to beat you in the head anytime you do something wrong. Does that make sense? He's keeping you from falling and presenting you, holy, man, this is good. Can we read this? Look at, let's look at this, Colossians 1.22, because if you pull this, watch this. This is really cool. I, I didn't even think about doing this until just right now. Um, to present you, um, to present you holy. Uh, let me look at it this because I know where I want to go. I think it's the amplified. This is a game changer, so everybody stay with me. Um, I'll change it up sometimes. Yeah, can we go find that? Can we go find one twenty-two and twenty-three in that classic amp? Because it makes sense. Because you could see this. Good job. Yet now has Christ the Messiah. You see that reconciled you to God in the body of His flesh through death. You see that? So right there. You got in. It was like this. He is like this. Jesus on the cross, and we came into the cross. God came through the cross, and the exchange took place. It's wild, right? And or that's a miracle. In order to present you holy and faultless and irreproachable in his father's presence. What do you mean irreproachable? That means you could approach anytime you want. Don't think sin separated you. I killed sin. And this he will do, provided that what? You continue to stay with and in faith in Christ. Now, that's why the biggest problem the body of Christ has is a faith problem. Sin is just stepping out of faith. Remember I told you that a long time ago? 
That's all sin is now for the believer. Every time you step out of faith, you step into sin because sin has been done away with. Now, this is going to blow you out because people don't talk like this, maybe. Sin was annihilated in Christ. Done. You can't find sin no more. So this is what I was trying to get you to see. So what do you mean you talk? You talk why do you repent? Because I stepped out of faith. A believer never steps into sin. He steps out of faith. Lost people are in sin. They can't get out. You got sin done and away with. Sin is not even in the equation anymore, guys, for the believer. Now it's all about staying in faith. When I step out of faith, walking in love is staying in faith. Walking out of love is stepping out of faith. Speaking the blessings of God is walking in faith. Speaking doubt and unbelief is walking in what? Out of faith. That's where it comes in. Now, is it really sin? Now, this is going to sound crazy, right? Is it really sin when we know? What, no, no, what it is is this. I stepped out of faith. So really, when we miss the mark as a believer, it's all about faith. It's got nothing to do with sin. Is that clicking? So in the life of the believer, sin has nothing to do with you any longer. It's are you in faith or are you out of faith? And when you step out of faith, you step into sin. Now, let me show you this. What, I know it's tricky. You just got to see it. It's not tricky in a weird way. So say, so why is sin labeled out of faith? Because watch this. Sin, God, God just lives in this belief system. Now, watch what happens. When I let go of my belief system that got me life in Christ, I step back into this place of unbelief. I step into that whole mess of sin, the curse, the lack of God's presence, all this mess. So what God just says, look, I took care of the sin thing. Now I need you to stay in the faith thing. But every time you step out of the faith thing, you're where all this unbelief and sin, all this other. So don't go there. Stay out of there. Keep yourself in faith. Well-grounded, settled, and steadfast, not shifting or moving away from the hope which rests on and is inspired by the glad tidings of the gospel, which you heard and which has been preached and being designed for and offered without restrictions to every person under heaven and of which gospel I became a minister, Paul. You see it? What is he saying? So you're not in this thing to get, you're not in this thing like, you know, ooh, I, 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 I'm, you know, I, I'm righteous and now I'm a sinner. No, sinning's over. You're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Now it's in my in faith or out of faith. And we kind of use terminology like to be out of faith is to be in sin. But let me explain that. Him that does, knows to do good and do it not a sin, let me explain it. What he's basically saying is, you're like, you're like the person, a Christian that's supposed to live by faith, that chooses to walk down in unbelief, has a life standard of a lost person or a sinner in the earth. That's all it is. Sin is done away with. Jesus took every sin I did, gonna do, have done, may think about doing, and nailed it to the cross. When I came in and was made righteous, he's like, sin's done and away. You ain't touching sin no more. Now you're going to be living by faith. But every time you come out of faith, you're in unbelief. You're living beneath the standard of what I gave you. So I don't come in and go, God, I repent. Like, oh, my God, what he's saying first, I want to, he'll restore us to the righteous position. Does it make sense? Lose the sin conscious, have the faith conscious. And now, no, you talk unbelief, you're not in your righteous spot. Get back to where I put you. Stop living like a common man. Now, this will make sense. Show it to me. You got it. Look at Romans 5 and 1, okay? Look at Romans 5 and 1, right? You say, 
our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. Yeah, now you gotta go. Now we're gonna go slow here. Okay? So our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. Right standing with God. Now watch this. This is really good. Because if you look at Romans 10, we're not gonna go there. He said, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Now let me show you. Faith in Jesus transfers righteousness. But let me show you something there. You're made righteous, but you gotta stay in a righteous position with God. So if I start walking in unbelief, that's unagreement with God's word. Now, in that area, even though I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I'm missing the thing. So if I come in and go, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. I'm a believer. Praise be to God. I love Jesus. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. To be in right standing with God in the arena of finances, I got to believe what he says. Maybe you say, I don't believe in healing. There's whole denominations don't believe in healing. They're saved. They're going to heaven, but they don't believe in healing. How can I be in a right standing with God in subject that I don't agree with God? That's my fault. So once that happens, to stay in that transferred righteousness position to speak words that got power and change situations and circumstances, I got to stay in a place of faith. I can't leave that place of faith because once I do, I leave my place of power. And now declared, and am now he, now he, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. Are you here? So my faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness over I can't, now watch, I'm going to say this, righteousness that's been given is righteousness that needs to be maintained. Now, let me explain. I don't change being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but I better make sure my choices in the earth line up with right standing with God. Otherwise, I'm going to live less than life, even though he gave me the best life. That's on you, man. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Did you get that? I didn't get this. So if God goes like this, now I'm going to show you something. If God says to me or you, your sin is messing up my relationship with you, you could tell God, well, then what happened to Jesus on the cross wasn't enough. You didn't hear a word I said if you didn't hit that. thing didn't hit you in the head. This means we can now have true and lasting peace with God all because of what Jesus did for us, the anointed one has done for us. So if God looks at me and goes, you didn't do enough overcoming this sin stuff, Sarno, and now because of you, you got problems. No. Then you could say, well, then what you did with Jesus on the cross wasn't enough because I couldn't do nothing about my sin. And I still can't. But once Jesus showed up, he took, he took this sin. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? Sin, you ain't got no power. Grave, you ain't got no victory. I got all of you beat. I went in the earth and beat death. I went on the cross and beat the curse. I went and I beat it all. And I beat the devil. And I beat death. And the last thing to overcome for the believer is death. We don't even die. We step over into glory. Our faith guarantees us Permanent access. That's the key. Perpetual access. So that first John 1 and 9 is I'm slipping in my access when I live like a human. Don't go there. Stay at your place of deity. Stay at the place of royalty. Don't step down. Stay where you're at. Come down here. No, stay up there. Our faith guarantees 
permanent access into the marvelous kindness that he has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us, within us as we keep on celebrating the, our hope of experiencing God's glory. Now watch this. You're going to read a little bit. But that's not all. That's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have joyful confidence, knowing that our pressure will develop us in patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. Improving character leads us back to hope. And now watch, because this all goes together. So don't think I'm this. I'm going to read all the way to 11, so don't check out, right? So stay with me. But that's not all, right? And this hope is not disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who loves us. For when the time was right, the anointed one, that's Jesus, came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were eternally helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now, who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a noble person, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Man, it, he's telling you what I did. He said, I died in your place. I took it on me so you don't have to take it on you. And there's still much more to say. You thought that was good. It ain't done. What? What else is there to say of this unfailing love? For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, you will never experience the wrath of God. I'm going to flip the table. What? Are you hearing me? Look at your neighbor say, you hearing me? Are you hearing me? He put wrath. Man, let me tell you what Jesus did. Jesus took wrath and anger upon him so we don't have to take it on us. Man, you need to be grateful. I need to be so grateful to God. You are now righteous, and because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Now, this is what people say. Well, what do we do when we go before God? See, when you go before God, you're not judged sinner or saint. You're already a saint. You're judged by your works. See, when we go over to glory, we go to the like that. You know, in school, they taught us eschatology. I got to be straight with you, man. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of chilling. You know, I, was like, I was like, all I know is I'm going to heaven, man. I don't need to know about all this stuff. But I knew I, there's, the, there's the, the white bema seat of heaven, which is where the believer goes, where our works are tried by, by fire. And God just goes, it ain't about heaven or hell for you. You're going to heaven. Now we get to see where you sit in heaven. Some of you are going to get to cheap seats because you're stinky Christians. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I'm not saying, but you got to live up to the label, guys. Come on. I'm not being mean. Like, oh, yeah, you know, your works and labor of love, God rewards. So, like, you know, I like, you know, and everybody, when the pastor does this, you know, he just needs help. He needs help. You know, he needs help, so he's, he's trying to scare us. I ain't trying to scare you. What, what's your resume going to look like when you get there? You know, he's looking at the seed you sow in the earth and putting an account in heaven for you. Some of you are going to be broke. <laughs> you thought you were broke in earth, you're going to be broke in heaven. Yeah, I'm serious. You know some of your stuff, every work you do, like, I don't volunteer in the church. You might want to start. It's a work and labor of love. Yeah, I don't witness to nobody. I ain't witness to nobody. I don't want my neighbor to know I'm saved. I'm a Christian. You tell them that, they're going to think I'm weird. Okay, go ahead. Knock yourself out. I'm making everybody mad. 
Why? Because my, dear, I don't live by works, but my works are going to be tried, and those works get tried by fire, and all the stuff, the self-acclaimed stuff, like if I'm doing it for my ego, that's going to burn up. If I'm doing it for just let the people see me, that's going to burn up. But if I do it with a true heart compassion for the love of people and want to see people get saved, man, God said, I'm going to look at those accounts. I'm going to put jewels in your crown. Ladies, you ain't seen rocks yet. I'm going to get me a 10-carat rolled up. Big old piggy ring. Now, come on. You know what I'm saying? Be real. Seriously. That's what the Bible says. The streets of gold. You know? Let's believe God that we're walking on gold streets with gold in our pocket. Otherwise, some of you are going to be poor on gold street. You mean broke on gold street. It's funny, but it's true. Don't lose the analogy when I'm telling you. This is important stuff. He said, but my wrath ain't coming on you. It's not about wrath. Now, it's about what what'd you, what'd you do. Now, this is deep. This is deep like for your soul to hear this. So if while we were still enemies, let's look at verse 10. If while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Think of that. I was an enemy. I didn't want nothing to do with God. He came and he come and sent Jesus. Doesn't it get better? I didn't even know what I was looking for. He sent them. I wasn't even born. Neither were you. He sent Jesus. There's something better now that we are at peace with God and because, ooh-hoo-hoo, at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will be re-rescued from sin's dominion? Oh, baby, come on. And even more than that. What do you mean more than that? We overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living in harmony with God, all because of Jesus Christ. Man, isn't that so good? I mean, isn't that like, boom. It's, right? Are you kidding me? So look, all this stuff, and we were going to get in it. We're going to take the whole month for this stuff. I know this. I, I, I just want you to get this. Let's go back. Let's just look at that Isaiah 54 before you let him go. One more time. Just look at Isaiah 54. Just look at it. 7, 8, 9, 10. I just need you to see this. I believe. And we can even look at 9 and 10 in the King James if you want. Uh, and then they could just maybe see it there. Why don't we give him Isaiah 54, 9 and 10 in the King James. And then we'll give him Isaiah 54, 7, 8, 9, all the way through. Take, I want you meditating on this scripture. That's what I want to give to you. So we'll look at it in King James. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. This is God speaking through the prophet. For as I was sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would be not, I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke you. That's God. That's where he says, My ways ain't your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Think about him. For the mountains shall depart, the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that hath mercy on thee. That's what he's got for you. Look at seven. Woo, we're going to go to Amplified right now and read this, and you're going to get all messed up, and then you can go run around the house. Now, read. Now, what did I say? Trust me. Just trust me. Now, you got to meditate in this. Live up to this thing. I love that. Live up to the label. He put the label on you, live it up to it. You know what I mean? For a brief moment, I forsook you. 
That was when he was saying, because you were in Jesus. He didn't forsake you. He forsook Jesus. But with great compassion and mercy, I'm going to go get you again. Now he's talking about us. So he said he had to turn his back on Jesus. And a little burst of wrath I hid my face from you for a moment. But with age-enduring love and kindness, I'll have compassion and mercy on you because I redeemed you. You didn't even know you. We didn't even know we were lost in sin, man. He came and paid the price before you even knew it. For this is like the days of Noah to me. As I swore with that rainbow in the sky, I'm never going to flood the earth again. I've sworn that I'm not going to be angry or rebuke you. That's God, man. That's God speaking to you. I'm not angry with you. I'm not wrath-filled with you. For the, love, for the mountains fall and shake and remove, my love and my kindness shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace and completeness will not be removed. He sees you complete. He sees you whole. I got compassion on you, he said. Look at God. My love, my kindness, no more wrath. Guys, if you see Jesus any other way when you leave here, he took your wrath, he took his anger, he took his sin, he took his shame, he took it all and put it on him so God never has to look at us. Was God angry? Yeah, God was angry. God was angry. I'm just going to tell you the way it was. He wasn't angry at man, he was angry at sin. He was angry at man's lawlessness. And to take God's vengeance out for sin, he had to find a sacrifice. See, that's why the shedding of the blood, we can go back to the garden. When Adam and Eve were naked and they understood their nakedness, when Adam went and made a fig leaf and tried to cover his nakedness, God said it's not enough because there has to be the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins. It's a covenant principle. They were here, this covenant terminology was here before we were here. And God said, somebody's got to shed blood for the remission of sins for it to be suffice. We couldn't do it. He had to be perfect. He had to be a spot. He was the lamb, the spotless lamb that had to come to save you and me. And this lamb was sent to the cross. The perfect man was sent to the cross. And in that place, God poured out his wrath against sin on him, anger against him, vile upon him. And he took it all for you. If he took it for me, honey, you can't stick it on me. I ain't, I ain't not doing it. Don't come out of the place where God placed you. That's the truth. And once you see that, you don't want to go near it because you understand this is how we take the power of sin away. We do it like Jesus did. It's been crucified to me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me because I've been crucified with Christ. I'm a brand new creature. It can't stick on me because it's stuck on him. It can't get to me. Don't pick up stuff you don't need to pick up. It's not who you really are. We are identifying ourselves with Christ because that's where Christ identifies you with him. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that the revelation knowledge of this month changes their life forever, transforms their future forever. Let them see who they are. Let them see what they can do. Let them understand the greater opportunity that sits before them. And as we put these powerful truths to work in our life, we're going to see the transformation take place. God, you're not mad at them. You love them, and you've got a great plan for their future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, guys, I love you. I mean, I can't wait. See you this weekend. Don't 
forget, 9 and 10.30. We are online. I'm pumped about it. And 10.30, come be with me in person. Come get in the house of the Lord, man. Come hang out with us. It's been awesome. Please share. I need you to share. Sharing is caring. And as you share this message, you're going to help somebody change their life and see themselves the way God wants them to see themselves. I love you, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.